listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden. Today, we're talking to Des Schnell of the 3-5 Glow Pairing. I'm so happy to have Des on because she provides us with amazing information about how the three and the five both work in marriage as well as how they work in marriage together. But what Des also does is she's talking to us about maintaining your own self-image in a healthy way and showing moms how to keep loving themselves in the bodies they're in. So men and women, I hope you both get something from this episode, but I really love how you have such a variety of topics today to just tune into and to be encouraged by. And I also love how Des is such a wonderful boutique owner now too of the Josie James Boutique, which sells sizes small through 5XL. So it's so cool to see her thriving out there and Trust me, you're going to hear how this evolved and how it's meaningful. It's not just a three prestige thing. It's truly a result of some big work that Des has done and some of her beautiful virtues are coming through and the hope is coming through that we always want to see for a three who's doing their work. And I love to see her evolve. Oh my gosh, it's just amazing. And I hope you too are evolving. So we'll get to hear from her in a little bit, checking and with you. I hope you're doing really well today. I think that we are having just so many things come at us in culture. So I always try to remind you of a few things and one of them being to give yourself a lot of grace, but also to keep at it, to keep getting up each day with grit and being a scientist of yourself and your relationship so that you can do the best you can with the tools you've got. I know our bodies are always fluctuating. Life is as soon as you get used to something is coming back at you with something else. And so you have to be flexible. You have to work in liminal space. You have to just be able to be malleable. And I know you're trying to do that. So as you are working on that flexibility, pay a special attention to balancing out your instinctual sequence because we know that self-preserving people like me or social people like some of you or the one-to-one people out there that we all lean toward this one area for survival. It's the very area that helped us most in childhood. And it's also the very area that's triggering us most, that's hardest in our marriages. So it's really important we don't snatch out to our spouses to say, stop working from your instincts, knowing it's so sub-level for us as well. But it's just these baby steps. It's these small, brave movements that we take that we hope will make a difference in our lives. It is fun to go back and analyze. It's also scary as ever to go back and analyze, but I hope that you're doing that work in some capacity. So I have blogs up for you at Truity. I have the glow guides. I have as many freebies as I can give you at Enneagram and Marriage. We're going to have this great talk with Des today. And I also want to let you know of a couple great books that we're going to be interviewing the authors for. If you want to get started on some new reading, Try Softer with Andy Kohler is a great book about working with your trauma and understanding it. And there's a lot lot of, she's a four, there's a lot of four wing five depths there. And then there's also a lot of action steps. So she's really integrating both of her wings and look forward to getting to talk to her about her book. And then we're also going to be talking about a book called You by Matthew Stephen Brown. He's the pastor out at the mega 
George Sandals. And I remember watching his videos years ago. And he and his wife, Tammy, are a three-six couple. So he has a very good book. It's on pre-order, but I'm telling you, it's quite good. And I would love to see you guys really get digging into either of these books or ordering them if you are ready for more reading. I also want to tell you a funny story about a new book I'm in that is something that felt a little bit surreal or mystical. It was a book called Broken and Beloved, and the author is Sammy Rhodes. And you might have heard of this book. I hadn't, but uh, recently I had a dream And the dream was, I think I was getting that song by Kelly Clarkson, Broken and Beautiful, (laughs) sort of in my head or something, because I remember in the dream, I was saying, not broken and beautiful, broken and beloved. And so I woke up the next day and I just said, huh, I love having dreams that are meaningful. I don't know about any of you, but I've always been so attracted to dreams. My first research paper in ninth grade in literature was on the Freud's interpretation of dreams, and it was really fun. I still get a lot out of analyzing my own dreams, and I know that we're just, our bodies are doing a lot of processing while we're sleeping, but this was a gift to me to get that phrase, broken and beloved. And so I typed it into Google to see see, is this a book? Just, you know, what, 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 what I found was this awesome book by Sammy Rhodes called Broken and Beloved. And it was so funny because I got it after I realized, you know, this book looks like something I would really enjoy. I'm about a hundred pages in, but What was really fun for me was the very first page, there was a Lord of the Rings reference. Within the first chapter, he's talking about how he's an Enneagram 4, his wife's a 6. Henry, now on examples, I mean, rich depths of faith and grappling with faith and reminding us that we are treasured and yet broken. And I guess I loved it especially because I know we're broken, but beautiful. I know that. But what I really loved, sometimes you just don't feel beautiful and you're you're like, I actually have made some really bad mistakes or I'm continuing to catch myself selfish position or in my passion or I'm fixated on something. And of course we are broken, but beautiful. But what I really loved was, you know, I'm broken, but I'm still beloved. And that is, I think, even more healing. It's like beauty is great, but beloved is what we really want to be as humans because when we are little babies, we don't even have a concept for beauty. Our eyes haven't adjusted yet, but we want to be beloved. And I think that was still the message today. And I think that's what God was reminding me of in my dream, at least. So that's another book that I'm just digging into for fun. And of course, I've already reached out to him now like, hey, you're the four six pairing. (laughs) And so maybe we'll get to talk to them someday. But I'm just grateful when I get pointed to things like that. So Pay attention to your instincts. If you're like me and you have meaningful dreams sometimes, pay attention to those. But as Wes would say, do not start accusing your spouse if you have a dream that isn't true about your spouse. I think a lot of us have done that before. I know over the last 20 years of marriage, 25 of being together, I have certainly done that. But but we've mostly been able to laugh about it. And we just, yeah. So there's a lot going on out there in culture. I hope you're doing great. In our family, we've had a lot of social events. I'm trying to dig out of my self-preserving and balance. But as a seven, I'm also trying not to go out too hard because I know I 
really do have a part of me that needs to pull back, especially as a 749 tri-type. And some of you came off of our tri-type interview last week and said, wow, that was great, but it left my head spinning a little bit. What do I focus on? So I want to remind you guys that if you have a part of your tri-type, maybe you went to Catherine Fravers' test and you said, what's next? Or yeah, I kind of got this. I figured it out. Maybe you're on my Instagram and you heard, but you don't know what to do with it. I just want to remind you, in addition to working on your instincts or your types, uh, actual issues and your passions and your fixations, it's nice to look and see what can you access from that tri-type that you're not accessing. Maybe there's a type six in that tri-type and it's reminding you that you are going to try to find a place for you and your spouse to start incorporating some troubleshooting or preventative financial disaster. Maybe you're a fast moving spouse pairing and you haven't done that and you're like, you know what? I have a sixth and we're not using it. And I want to, I want to be better about tracking us and preparing for disasters. Or maybe you find a nine that nobody has really looked at and you just say, you know what? I have a nine and I don't want to just be in sloth with this nine. I want to be a peacemaker and I want to use it in the world. I try to use the nine in my tri-type to help couples and to make our sessions at least fairly peaceful as we process conflict. So try to do that and then try to do the opposite as well. If you see you and your spouse have tri-types where there's absolutely no relationship to a certain type, you might say, gosh, we're going to pick up the InterVarsity Press book on 40 days of being a one so we can learn the virtues of a one and we can try to put on one. I know with my deeper dive students for our Enneagram and marriage certification class, we're going through each type. And one of the questions I ask my students each week is, how are you incorporating or putting on the one, the two, the three, etc., as you help others? Because hopefully when we come out of that, we have a more dynamic way of presenting ourselves in the world that is healthier. Maybe we can borrow the organization from a one and the care from the two as we attune to our clients and our people that we're helping in the world. So keep trying to learn from all the types. Allow that tri-type to help you to do that, but don't get lost in it. Don't give it too much power that you forget your main work. That is always going to be important in your marriage and your main instinctual work, which is also going to be very, very important. And I know that was planted so long ago, even ancestrally, and you are going to just continue to try to walk through that from enslavement through the desert and over to your own version of the promised land while we're yet on this side of heaven. So keep doing your best. And I hope that you are having a great week in your home life. We are definitely having a crazy big semester at home, but we have a lot of downtime as well during sections of the week so that we can balance well. And I hope you're doing the same. My son has Taekwondo and he has soccer and he has piano and he also has theater and our daughters have a lot of theater and dance and I'm with all social subtypes. So I really do laugh about that as well as get a little quizzical and say to myself, you know, Krista, you really were a social seven when they were growing up and you taught them that this was the way to safety in the world. So what do you expect? But then I also try to help them all to know 
Like these are big things and you're also homeschooling now. So half the days you're at home and half the days you're out or a couple of hours you're out in a day and that's it. So I try to set boundaries around that and Wes has been really learning to do that too. So maybe you like me, you're finding, gosh, I'm still this one and I'm still really busy, but I'm I'm really focusing in on how can I balance that and, and why are we this way? But don't spend too long on the why unless you're really working with a professional or you've you've got a lot of time to do that because as I have that four in my tri-type, you can get really stuck in angst. You can get really stuck processing the why and lamenting. And so you really do need to get moving. So don't forget to allow yourself to borrow from those types who allow you to move. And I'm thankful I do have a seven in my tri-type so I can continue to move forward, but it takes a concerted effort. So use my worksheets if you need. I have lots of tools for you and have some fun too. This is a marriage podcast. So don't forget to not only schedule in or if you need to intimacy and make sure you have your financial conversations and getting organized with the year that's all so good but date night date night date night planning for fun please keep it going this is huge and this helps your marriage not to just be a business but an actual relationship with fun we had a fun double date at the Oxford Exchange in Tampa this week. It was a blast. And even though we're talking about stuff we need to in our marriage on a regular basis and saying, hey, can we talk about this? And this is where my heart is. We're not bringing that into the date night too much. I know we're all different there, but I really don't like to bring that into date night. I like date night to be a time where I can really let down with stress and just purely enjoy. And that is very meaningful to me because there's a lot of trauma in Wes and I's backstory stories. So for us to have a safe space where we're not just helping others, which is great and we love that, but where we're actually getting fed ourselves and refreshed and not having to process each other's trauma or our own. And when I say trauma, I mean even just some of our defense strategies like, okay, let's do this to make sure we're self-protecting and let's do this to make sure we're healthily social. We're just enjoying our date nights. We're having that one-on-one time and that's a very nice balance. So I hope that you guys will remember that. Just have some balance. Do what you guys love to do, even if it feels crazy to the rest of the world. Who cares? I don't know if you love kayaking or fly fishing or going to the art museum, but do it and have fun. And I hope that you guys are just going to have a solid week where you work really hard and you play really hard too. So let's listen to Des and what she has to teach us now. I can't wait for her to get to share all that she's learned in her marriage with us. Okay. I am so excited to have Des Schnell with me today. Hi, Des. Hi. I just wanted to let you know that Des is a 3-5 glow. These guys are the masterminds, the 3-5 glow pairing. And does that describe you guys really well? Yeah, definitely. Mm, I'm so glad. I think it's one of the prettier covers. I like them all, but that one catches my eye and you are such an aesthetic person. Do you like the masterminds cover or is that just me being a weird seven? No, I think it's super awesome. I love, I loved it when I first saw it too. Oh, that's so awesome. It's like, I want to keep portraying that one. I just have certain ones that I'm drawn toward, but I love hearing that you guys love your project. So we'll talk about that today. And I can't wait to share about your wonderful business and family. So tell us a little bit about you and your Instagram account and all of that. Yeah, so I am Desiree Chanel. I go by Des online because it's just easier. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I started my Instagram account a few years ago. And originally, I started as a beauty and makeup account. And then as life progressed, and I had my son, mm-hmm. I felt more called to make mom content. And mm-hmm. just a little bit of backstory, I had a really traumatic birth with my son. And mm-hmm. it resulted in me being diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety and depression at 24 years old. So mm-hmm. uh, that in turn, kind of really, it made me struggle to feel comfortable with my just forever changed body and my confidence really felt shot. Mm-hmm. And after like a lot of therapy <laughs> and self-work, mm-hmm. uh, I felt like I wanted to incorporate my own self-work and my self-love journey onto my Instagram account. Mm-hmm. And so my bio says that I show moms how to keep loving themselves and the bodies that they're in. And that really is my goal. I think it's too easy to fall into the identity of being only a mom when in reality, we're just so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And I've moved on to opening my very own size inclusive boutique for women. And it feels amazing to continue to do what I love while also reminding all women that they're worthy and beautiful. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now with my account in life, but I will forever Mm -hmm. have the goal of reminding moms that we're so much more than moms. (laughs) Which is so beautiful for us to hear as you as a three could have been in a very opposite space with that. And you could have also, like you said, really struggled with that when we all feel so different, like our bodies have gone through war. And I love hearing about your transformation. Yeah. Like I said, it was a lot of therapy and Mm -hmm. um, just self-work, just in my, just in my head, just affirmations and just, just lots and lots of self-work. But, um, I feel like I, I feel like I've been able to share that with the world. And, and for me as a three, I think it's just, it makes it even better that I get to share it because that's just what I love to do anyways. Oh, I love hearing that. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, you just went through the fires yourself and that really gives people, I think the lens to be able to talk through it. And I'm so sorry that you did have to walk through that. I'm sure that was hard. And how old is your daughter now? So my, my youngest is my daughter. My oldest that I have the traumatic birth with is, um, he is four now. So it's been Mm. just turned four in June. So about four years. Okay. And your daughter's birth was, you knew what to do through it. And also it sounds like it wasn't as traumatic. No, it was like just the most perfect experience. It was a C-section and it was, I couldn't have asked for for a better experience, honestly, with her. So. Oh my goodness. Well, that's such a praise and you're such a warrior. So thank you for being here to just teach us and share what you have to share. I love that you guys are the three, five pairing, because I know there's a lot of balance there and I know there's a lot of logic there too. So we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some of your tips for those who are struggling. There's a lot of listeners here who struggle with self-worth and I'm really looking forward to talking about being present with yourself and loving yourself. So all of this today, but let's first talk about how you and your hubby met. His name's Tommy, right? Yes. Yeah. So tell us about how a three and a five can meet. Yeah. So we, uh, we both grew up in the same small town. We still live here. Actually, we met in high school, so we had lots of mutual friends, but we hadn't ever really 
been friends. We just had a lot of those mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And something we had in common was that we both have a love for music. So mm-hmm. we both ended up joining a youth band at my church that allowed us the time to really get to know each other. And I really can say that he was one of my just best friends long before we dated. Uh, and I always love to tell the story of us calling each other husband and wife as a joke when we were in high school. And I swear we manifested us just by saying so much. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Tell me more about this manifesting. Yeah, I know, right? Right. It's such a buzzword right now. And I know we can take it either way. We have to be scientific to a point, but I'm like, no, tell me though, because there is the power of positive thinking. So tell us how you guys found like, that is just so creative. Tell us more. I, so, okay. I I'm going to go into a little more detail. It it gets funnier. So I, he had this best friend all through high school and they are still best friends to this day. And at the time I was dating his best friend and, uh, he, so we were all in this youth band together and Tommy and I would call each other husband and wife just as a joke. And then his best friend at the time, who was my boyfriend, uh, would get so mad. Like he would just get really just mad. (laughs) And so, but we just thought it was hilarious. So we just went with it and (laughs) we just, which this is high school. So we all understand this is high school brain going. Yes. I love it. Yeah, it was definitely like just very immature, just playing around. But yes, we were were just close friends who loved to play music together and joke around. And how I knew that I was into him officially was when he left. He left for a few months to backpack across Europe after high school. And I know he's really cool. Everybody thinks he's so (laughs) cool. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But I felt super bummed that he was leaving. And so I was like, ooh, maybe I like him a little Mm. bit more. And so when he got back, we hung out a few times and then the rest is just history. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So did you, as a a sort of aggressive three, do you feel like similar to me that it it was obvious and that you were just like, all right, I like you and you know, I'm going for it. Or did you have more subtlety or did he initiate? It was kind of a little bit of both. So I'm definitely very like, how do I describe it? Like when I want something, I just, I just go for it. Mm-hmm. And so of course, like as soon as I realized I liked him, mm-hmm. I definitely probably let on a couple of clues, but I also <laughs> knew that he liked me too. So mm-hmm. we were, we were sitting outside of, of the Dairy Queen in our hometown and we were in the car and we were just, this is before we had even dated. And this is right before he left actually. And he, I was telling him, I was like, tell me like what your perfect girl is. And he literally, literally described me. And oh my gosh, I was really confused. Cause I was like, did he mean to do that? <laughs> so <laughs> I think we were both dropping subtle hints here and there. <laughs> mm, oh my gosh. I love that. And I love that it gave you time to transition foreseeably too, to be able to see that he was really worth your time by not having him absence makes the heart grow fonder and to figure your stuff out and then to check in with him. That is just so cool that he was like giving you all those hints, which I know a lot of fives like to work with hints and puzzles and clues. Yeah, totally. He was definitely... He was definitely showing me here and there, just dropping little hints. And once I got those hints, I was 
I was all in and I kind of just forced him for the rest. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds like us three sevens and eights. But I will say, I think three sevens and eights, we do try to hold back until we're sure because we're like, once I know it's over, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Don't take rejection well, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But if we know they like, we're like, okay, and this is now your hubby. So this worked so well. Now, what do you love about him as a five? We gave some clues to this. Um, what do you think is like one of the best things about being with a five? So just first of all, it's been so much fun learning about the Enneagram over the last few years, mm-hmm. especially in marriage, because it's just it's just like light bulbs go off all the time. I swear, but I love him for so many reasons, but first of all, he's hilarious and so witty. Like he has a comeback for every joke or comment made to him. And he comes up with them so fast too. Like I could never, I could never do that. And he's really sarcastic. I kind of wonder if I even really understood true sarcasm before I met him. (laughs) And then this one's probably to be expected, but he is so smart. He just knows things. That's the best way to describe it. I can ask him about anything. And it seems like he always just has information on every subject. (laughs) Wow. And that is so beautiful for you as a three, because you love learning too. I know this about threes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I always tell him it's funny because you know how, when you're a little kid and you ask your parents all the time about different subjects, you're like, Oh, like, what does that do? Or what is that for? And I always tell him, it's like, I never lost my parent in that because I can still ask him questions about anything. (laughs) Oh, that's the best. Yeah. You're like, okay, I still have this. This is cool. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, we, you know, cause you love Enneagram and marriage topics and we have been chatting about just the three, five, but you gave us hints. Tell us what it was when he was saying, here's the things I want in a wife or a girlfriend that he was saying about you really like, what are some of the three things he, Tommy likes about you? Yeah. So we chatted a little bit through these questions last night and it was kind of, I had to pull some things out of him because he's (laughs) (laughs) his favorite things about me as a three is what a social butterfly I am. He loves that. Like we can go out with friends or into social settings and that I can do most of the talking and socializing because that's not really his thing. And then he also said that he loves how I'm just so determined and that I just go after everything I want, regardless of like the obstacles. And then he also mentioned, which I've noticed him mentioning this, the older we get is he loves that. I want to take care of others, which my, my wing is a two. So that makes sense. And he's always had a really hard time understanding why I'm just so willing to just drop everything in order to go help like my friends or my family. But I, he said that he has just grown to really love that part about me. And he loves just watching me care for others especially our children and just his family and and all of our friends and stuff. So, Oh, that's beautiful. And I think really encouraging for a lot of people with fives or fives listening, just to hear that there is growth and development that takes place in time where we might be shocked at somebody's. We talked before this a little bit uh, does has a social at least partially a social instinct going. And so this is neat for us to process that over time. He's growing to like that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Just so much changing. I mean, we got together when we were 19 years old and now we're going to be 28 or I'm going to be 28 and just so much growth in that time. It's crazy to grow up together. Really. 
Mm, It really is. And when people say to me, sometimes we're not the same as we used to be. I'm like, that is exactly what happens to just about everybody, especially if you're determined to grow. So I love that you both are. And we know that you guys are both logical types, threes and fives. If we were to say, how do you guys often process conflict? It's not always going to fit. Nothing always fits, but often Typically, both these types can be quite logical in conflict. And I know you have your wings and arrows, but tell us a little bit about how you two typically solve conflicts and what are you learning if you guys, oh, I'll just stop right there. What do you guys, how do you typically solve conflicts? So I can be honest and say that for a lot of years, we, we really just avoided conflict altogether. We never fought and it wasn't because there wasn't things under the surface. It was just that we avoided it and Mm. it would just kind of ignore each other until the anger passed. But obviously as marriage progresses and kids enter the picture, that method just didn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a three, I'm definitely a communicator. I want to talk through things, but when I'm in a state of anger, or just stress, I tend to completely shut down and avoid like, hello, my stress number nine. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Tommy's really good about pulling me back in and reminding me that we need to talk. And sometimes he has to remind me multiple times that we need to talk and mm-hmm. that he's a safe place. But we typically can get to a place of communicating through the conflict. And once we're communicating, we both usually stay pretty level headed. But I think the challenge for us is getting to that place of communicating and just being honest and open with each other. So mm. I yeah, think, that's, mm-hmm. go ahead. I think one of the biggest reasons I tend to initially avoid the conflict with him in particular is that he is just so logical about things and I don't like to be wrong. And I guess I know that whatever he's bringing to the table is, is usually going to be from a logical place. And there are moments when I'm just not, I'm not ready to be there with him, I guess. Mm, that's well said. I was right about to ask, and you know, because you're a well-prepared three, I was like, why? So I love that you're like, here's why, Krista. (laughs) Is there anything else to that? Because for some reason, I'm still itching to ask the question, like, this is three against seven. We're like, I'm prepared. You're like, no, I'm prepared. Yeah. Well, I mean, I ran a podcast before too, so I kind of (laughs) know to be the best prepared that way you don't go off on tangents <laughs> oh you're hilarious and I as a seven I don't even mind a tangent one bit but I still want to dig a little I'm like there's this part of me that's like is she also avoiding because threes are highly sensitive and and maybe that's part of what you said just he's so logical so you have to kind of pull together some of the sensitivity before you approach because it might be too reactive Oh yeah. And he knows that too. And he, uh, something, one of the questions that you sent me, he actually, he Mm -hmm. mentioned that he's Mm -hmm. just remembering that threes are so sensitive and that we, we need that constant reminder of just like, I'm safe. You're okay with me. We can talk through this and you're going to be okay at the end of it. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's just, Honestly, we're still a work in progress. We've been married for almost seven years Mm -hmm. now, but I realize this area is an area that we are still learning in every day. And I'm sure we will be for the rest of our marriage. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. You got, you've got a sensitive, super, super sensitive three and a super, super logical five. And 
there's been moments for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And can he take it when, and this is probably growth for him, even now listening, like we're all growing and I know this, and I love that you just said that to remind everybody, but like we're, as you're shifting and trying to become less reactive, which hormonally, even as a young mom, that's hard enough, but do you feel that he can kind of learn a little bit too? Like, okay, I've got to lean in a little bit here with a bit of emotion and just a tiny bit of vulnerability in that realm? Or is he pretty like, I can't really move from my logic. Um, He definitely is more on just, he sticks to that logical side. And sometimes I have to remind him Mm -hmm. that we are taught, like usually it's about an emotional subject or I'm emotional because I'm just emotional in general. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm a young hormonal mom. But he does really, really well when, once I show those emotions, he's very well, like good at responding to those. Mm. So um, like if I'm crying, then he, he, he realizes, okay, I need to, you know, get a little, I need to bring it down a couple levels. So that's exactly what I meant. I love that. That language right there is very five. I need to bring it down a couple levels. And I I love that because it's not about emotion as much, even though fives have the capacity for emotion. It's just, it's going to be a logical way of going about it, but he's noticing. And that's the most important thing is the awareness of we we're not making it at this level. We need to find the titration that works and just your vibe. When you guys have it together, you both know it, it feels comfortable. And then, like you said, a key word is he makes you feel safe. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's really good. And it's so nice to hear you guys are getting there and with work. And I'm also hopeful that others listening can really look out for that word, as you said, and help each other to say, now I feel safer, or could you try this? Cause that would make me feel safer. So love it. And then how do you guys just as far as like, aside from conflict, especially as young parents, and it's not going to be every day, but how do you try to have date nights and stay invested? Like what are some of the practices that you guys are doing to stay connected? Yeah. So going back to just communication in general, that is really our favorite thing to do. We Mm. can just talk and talk and talk. That's, we love it. We love to just sit there and talk. Our favorite thing to do is to go to dinner without kids, even if we're just at home without our kids and we just Mm -hmm. sit and just talk about our future. We will talk about our goals, where we want to be five, 10, 20 years from now, and just how we're going to get there. And we will let each other take turns sharing what our next goals are and how excited we are for them. And then we're also both entrepreneurs. And I think that mm. we've both been so successful in our businesses because of these frequent moments of just communication. So mm. that's like yeah. a huge thing for us is just communication. And then another thing we love to do is sit down together for dinner as a family. And a lot of times it's just him and I, and then our youngest who can't talk yet <laughs> because <laughs> My father-in-law actually takes our four-year-old to his house a couple times a week to just give us a little break. Mm. So we like to use that time for us as well. And once kids are in the picture, it's really just about finding those little pockets of time and then giving them to each other if you can. Mm. Yeah. And that's really, I was thinking, gosh, that's nice that you guys give those times to each other and that you have a local relative who you can trust to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, we are definitely blessed with so many grandparents and just um, family members to help out whenever we need a moment alone. 
No, that is so nice. And, um, and that gives you the affordability for the date night and they're just casual. And like you said, the talking and the ideas are flowing together and it's keeping you guys with momentum. And I know you're giving him energy in his five space and he's allowing you to have that safe place to work out your ideas in your three world. That's really cool. And then that might even go with just him being past focused as a five, because he can probably say, hey, your future, he's past. Do you see any of those dynamics when you're working out ideas? Honestly, he's a very optimistic person, which mm-hmm. after reading about the Enneagram, I think that's a little more rare for a five. So he, he it's kind of weird. We're kind of opposite. Like I'm a little bit more on the, I'm more negative, like glass half empty type of person. And he's very optimistic. And uh, so he definitely can be future focused. Like he loves to just dream like daydream. And I feel like he's taught me how to do that almost because now I'm in a, in a space where I, I get excited about the future too. I feel like before I was just always so stuck in the moment and I knew what my end goal was, but I just, I just was stuck in the present and I just never thought about, you know, how I was going to get there, I guess. Mm, So you were just living day to day and you weren't really looking to the future, even though your type is known for that. You're saying I was just more in my two space. I was present thinking about my relationships. Yeah. And then I think also since becoming a mom, I, I just feel so more connected to that nine space of just kind of just wanting to like, just be, I guess, and not worry so much about all the, all the little things. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like 90% of the time I'm in my three space, but it's definitely been a lot more of my, of that nine space, just really wanting to just be and just not think too much, I guess. Gotcha. Oh my goodness. That makes so much sense. So you are like in that nine and the two being present focused, but more, it was the nine where you were reflecting back, or you said in some cases, glass half empty or just not moving forward. And then as his pistons were moving from his five to, I would say his seven and eight are his two. That's his arrow work. Those are both future thinkers. So he was helping you to get some momentum there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's really nice. And I really actually invite listeners to understand that as well, because sometimes I tell people my one is more of a seven than me a lot of the times, because I really have more of a connection to my five and he has more of a connection to the seven because we're doing our arrow work. And it's not like it's all intentional. It's just starting to happen as you shift and change. So I love that you're also giving yourself as a three to have permission to rest in your nine space. Cause I was going to ask you about that too, but first I'm going to ask you, what did you feel was helpful about the glow guide and some tips for three, five pairings? Yeah. So it was really, really fun reading through that together. Actually, um, we, we actually, we just laid in bed and we read all through the glow guide together. And I feel like it made us think about things we wouldn't typically think about like wings, mm-hmm. for instance they play such a huge role in who we are. And I feel like I forget all the time I'm a wing two and that he is a wing six. So I just, I tend to forget that. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, we just, we really loved reading that through that together. It was like, it was almost a a little, 
date night in bed, just reading (laughs) together. (laughs) I love that. That makes me so happy. And I also love that you guys found out that he was a six wing. You really got to know that more. And even as I now listen back on the part of our interview, we've already shared, I'm like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense with what you said, where you said he's not always connecting more emotionally, but he's changing levels. And so that's just helpful for us versus if he was the five wing four, you might have seen more of the withdrawing, more of the past thinking. So this is so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of always had an inkling that he was a wing six, uh, mm-hmm. just because of how, um, severe his social anxiety can be. Um, and he get, he is such a preparer. Like if, if the end of the world comes tomorrow, we are like, he's ready, he's ready to go. And so, and my mom is also a six and my best friend is also a six. So I just know all the little six things and he definitely leaves six clues everywhere. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So you're like, yeah, I, I knew that, but really glow guide time for you guys was a time of sharing and intimacy of just getting to know little spaces and places you didn't know. And I'm throwing that in not to be commercially, but I worry as I have a six wing. So sometimes I will worry (laughs) and I have this little fantasy in my head that I'm always telling people how to use their glow guide after they got one, because I'm like, wait a second, you don't have to do that. It already says in there to do that. But what I'm telling you and everyone listening is you're using it exactly as I envisioned it for you to be really engaging together answering and asking questions and just exploring because reading is only part of it. Gathering information is so fun for me, but unless we take it to our people and we really try to explore together, you're not going to see the benefits. So it just makes me beam that you guys did that. Yeah. And like I said, it was, it was a blast because we both just love to learn. And, um, we both really, we we definitely, um, can be a little bit like selfish in that I shouldn't say selfish because that's not a good word, but we, we both like to talk about ourselves. And so um, <laughs> it was awesome. nice to be able to, to read about ourselves and each other at the same time. Oh my gosh. Well, you're just being honest about the human condition. So there you go with your three gift. <laughs> you're just like, this is the truth. Oh, I love that. Okay. So what would you say to couples that are just starting out as a three, five or a three, five who are hitting a rocky space? I know you've already shared a lot. Is there anything else that you would leave to couples in this pairing to give them some tips before we move on to a little bit more about you sharing your three gifts with us in the parenting space? Yeah. So I have a couple. Um, I think the number one thing is to really make sure that you're carving out that time to be alone and to communicate with each other because threes and fives both, they need the reassurance from their partners that we're okay. And that time alone together is really important. I feel like in any pairing really, but on that same note, I want to remind others in this pairing to give each other space too. And I know that's a little bit contradicting, but space is crucial to a five, especially. Um, But as a three, I can say that it's really important to me as well. And I really enjoy actually when one of us is out of town and we just have that time to be apart because it's really refreshing to come back together after just the moments of being away from each other. Um, and even if it's just for a few hours, like in my, in our home, it's just really, it's refreshing to just spend time apart and then come back together. That is so key for threes listening because threes like to do whatever their partner wants. And they're so sensitive as you know, with 
knowing what's going on internally with other people, uh, emotionally. So they're like, I need to turn towards you more. I need to fix, I need to heal. And a lot of times space is healing for certain pairings. So that is a huge gift to threes listening who have somebody who's, who has somebody who any three listening, who has somebody who's logical or who really enjoys some space. And I think personally, it's good for you as a three, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, just like I said, you know, when I, when I'm in that nine space, mm-hmm. I really do, I need that time alone. And especially as a mom, I, I, I need it. I need it, especially after a long week. I'm just like, let's just do our own thing for, for a little bit. And then I feel so much more ready to come back together and to do things as a couple. Okay. That's key too, because there you go on just how beautiful to see yourself grow and not be quite as codependent in the three place. But then also I want to really allow the spouses who are listening, who are fives or having their eight or seven going as a five or anybody who's got some aggression there might actually pick at the three who's trying to be less codependent, trying to get a little space and say, are you being lazy? So it's really important that the other spouse acknowledge it's okay to take breaks too. So just remember that if your spouse is a feeler in the two, three or four space, and they're trying to take a little space, it's really good for you guys. So I'm so happy you do that and that he lets you, he doesn't get in the way of that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really awesome about that for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I guess since we are just really, I feel like preparing everybody so well in three, five space, I'd love to get to talk to you about mom life a little bit and just helping everybody to uh, find their own identity as parents, whether they're moms or dads, um, or just listening for the future. How do you stay present and invested with your kids, with all these goal getter ideas that most of us have who are listening? Yeah. Um, so staying in the now is definitely something that I've had to work on, especially since becoming a mom. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've learned that over the years, the past four years of being a mom, I have learned that it's really okay to put my work down and just be. And I've also learned that if I don't schedule time to be present and in the moment with my family, that eventually I will burn out. And then I don't have any energy for my work or the future. And I just completely shut down to the world. Um, So what I have done is I scheduled times in my day that are designated for work. And the rest of my day, I just view my work as being a mom and a wife. And so I think that doing that has helped a ton. um, And reminding myself constantly that being a mom is my hardest and most rewarding jobs of all the jobs and hobbies that I have. And I always feel the most fulfilled after a day of being almost 100% present with my kids, because you can never be 100% present. But, um, and then when I do finally get a chance to rest, I just really love to Mm -hmm. just take time alone and just watch a good love movie or TV Mm -hmm. series, take a long bath. And I really can relax. I feel like that's something I'm good at, actually, Mm -hmm. but it's just finding the time to do it as a mom is, I think, the, the biggest challenge. Yeah, that makes so much sense that you're really saying to yourself, if I don't do this, 
I will burn out. And then it does sound like when you get these self-care measures, the anxiety goes down of that six space. We know you have the three, six and the nine and that you're any kind of six anxiety, which I do see play a role in some threes, uh, most threes. Um, it sounds like it, it gets managed through that so that you can be more present. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely struggle with anxiety just on its own. And so, um, just through therapy, I've learned that that time is just so important for my mental health. And I'm just such a better version of me when I can get that time alone and, um, really just rest. And it is so easy to feel guilty as moms when we're taking time for ourselves, but it's so important. Like it really is so, so important. Yeah, it really is. I really hope those listening can hear that it took therapy because even just the logical knowing it's not going to hit all of the deep instinctual drives for well, we already said somewhat social. So if you're another social subtype out there listening, or you might say my instinctual sequence, the social is at the highest. There's this drive to, I have to connect with others. I have to build relationships or I won't make it. But if you focus solely on the driving or the dominating instinct, you really miss out on, like we said, presence and rest, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you just feel so refreshed afterwards. I mean, it's, mm. Yeah. It just makes days a little bit easier, especially when you have, when you have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause they need you and you don't want to be so cross that you're never able to attend. You're like, no, I want to be there for them, but I just had to be replenished. Exactly. Yeah. So that really helps us to know the rest and how you're getting that all in. So because we know sometimes three struggle with being in versus working on, what are some tips for anybody who relates to that statement, whether they're a three or not with, with being in the marriage or family? And I know you've just given us some. Yeah. So when I initially read that question, my brain immediately went to Friday nights in our home. And my son is four now, so he's getting old enough to actually just hang out with and like plan out activities for. Uh, and he mm-hmm. loves watching new movies. So on Fridays, we try to do it most Fridays. It doesn't always happen, but most Fridays we will sit down after I put the baby to sleep and we just pick out a new movie and we watch it as a family. We usually have some snacks, get under the blankets and cuddle. And it's turned into a weekly tradition. And I think it's something that we all look forward to. So Friday nights could easily just be busy and I could make it a chore night or a night to visit family or friends, but we have chosen to reserve that day for just us three. And eventually we'll include my daughter, of course, as she gets older, but my son just gets so excited for Fridays. He asks almost every night is tonight movie night yet. And it just has made me realize that it really is the simple things and it doesn't take it doesn't take much to be present and in the moment as a family, but it's something that is really fulfilling. And I think that it's memories that, that we're as parents and children, we're just going to remember forever. Those will be the moments. I love that. And you're going to capture that with pictures. You're going to be present. And I like too that we've worked a lot with threes on this show and also in my coaching to help them to find creative ways that are interesting enough for them to be present. And that sounds like it really keeps your interest and it really keeps everybody's interest. 
Yeah. And like my husband isn't even really a movie person. So it's kind of been nice to that he enjoys it as well. So it's just, just like I said, just finding little things and it doesn't, they don't have to be, you know, these like extravagant drawn out ideas. You can just seriously get into a a normal routine of doing something together as a family or as a couple. And, um, it can just turn into routine and then it just trickles from there. So. Mm, I like that. Like find it. Don't feel bad that it always has to be different. Do what works. Mm -hmm. That's, I know that sounds like you're like, that's very obvious. But to me as a seven, I'm like, Oh, you mean just do it. Like, that is so funny. I love that. My husband and I always make a joke from Muppets Take a Manhattan. I can't believe I've never said this on this podcast, probably because it's so totally dorky. But we always say that that movie brings every, like every single thing in that movie can be used for life. So there's this line where somebody in advertising is like, you mean just say what the product does? And I feel like that hits you right here. Like where you're like, yeah, just do it if it works for you guys. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I totally just lost you and every listener right there. <laughs> but I'm just going with it. Sometimes I overly make things overly romanticized or it has to be bigger and better. And it doesn't. It's the simple acts of doing the same thing again and again, sometimes that work. Now, obviously, we know the definition of insanity is if it's not working, don't keep doing it. But this was working for you guys. Yes, totally. Mm, I'm so happy for you guys that you have found that. And I know that'll shift as family shifts and it'll be other great things. So thank you for sharing that. And then what are some tips now that we're at the exciting part of the interview where we get to hear just, man, that was so important when you said at the beginning, people don't always keep their own identity as parents. And so we would love to hear that as you're finding your own identity as a heart type, but also as a parent, how do you make that happen? Yeah. And so obviously I could talk about this subject all day. It's like yes. the most passionate about, but uh-huh. um, I really am passionate about just reminding and remembering as moms that we are really so much more than moms. And I actually just have a question just for moms to kind of ponder on real quick who are listening or parents. And that is just to think back to your life before kids and think about what you used to love doing. What were your hobbies and what made you happiest? What people made you happiest? And do you still make time for those things? And I know that when I first became a mom, I definitely didn't make time for that. And one of my favorite things to do in the world is sing. And a lot of people don't even know that about me now that I'm a mom. Um, Before I had kids, I would sit down at the piano or with my guitar and I would just sing until my voice hurt. And after having kids, I don't think I picked up an instrument for a solid two to three years. And so I'm learning different ways to incorporate those things back in. And then I get to include my kids in it now as well. So I, it, and it's, it's so much fun to incorporate kids into the things that you've just always loved doing. But I know that as moms that we can feel sometimes guilty. And I've, I've kind of said that before a little bit too, that we, it's easy to feel guilty to do the things that we love doing. And, and we, we constantly feel bold to do just the mom things I feel like too, mm-hmm. but it really is worth it to carve out time 
for the things that spark something in you that being a mom just, just can't spark. So, uh, one thing I've learned since making time to do things that I personally love is that my kids are watching me. They see me working hard at my dreams and my goals outside of being a mom. And, and they know that at the core of everything I'm doing, I'm doing to be the best version of myself for them, obviously. And I really hope to raise children who are willing to go after every dream their little hearts can imagine. And I want them to be brave and confident and I want them to grow up to think to themselves that if their mom did it and they, she did it through all the craziness that they can do it too. So that is just like the core of my, everything that I am going after and all the dreams that I'm chasing are just to show them that, that they can do it regardless of their circumstances too. Yeah. I love that. And I think that is so understated by threes or understood about threes rather in uh, Enneagram circles that a lot of the time the heart goes really far deeper than even any of the books really capitalize on of just the desire for the next generation, for the genes to survive, for your kids to be able to say, I'm showing them the way to live and to survive. And I know even my own family members have at times said, hey, we want to complain that they don't love us because they're working so hard. And I think anyone who's got a three in their family needs to stop the family and say, oh, hold on. This person is showing us the way to survive. Now, do they get intense? Sometimes, yes. But I think that is really key that we all remember that when you are working, it's for them. Yeah. And kids are sponges. They are watching everything we're doing and they, they will ultimately grow up to be the little humans that they watched us be really. So Mm. Well, yes. the big humans, I guess they grow up to be big humans, not little. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is so cool. I'm so glad that you try to think of that creatively. Like, how can I stay engaged and keep them going and teaching them at the same time? And it sounds like that also really drives you forward to being yourself so that you can continue to find your own identity. So I love that you shared that for a tip. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Well, that was fantastic. I love that you have given us so many tips for self-care, for leaning in towards marriage, for working with what you've got in marriage and being creative with that, and then just sharing how we can continue to keep our own identity even with a huge shift. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I was like, I was so excited to be on seriously. This has been one of my favorite. This is my favorite podcast. It's been for two years. So, and I found this podcast at such a a crucial point in my, in my life with just uh, trying to, you know, working through therapy and, and obviously when you become a new mom, marriage can get harder. Mm-hmm. And so to have a place to go and just like tune out the world and get tips and just all the little advice for marriage, especially for specific Enneagram types is it's been huge for me and my, and my marriage for sure. 
My gosh, that just blesses me so much to hear that. That is my absolute life dream is to share tips with people so their families can be healthier in their marriages. So I'm just thrilled that you found it at the right time when we know how we're flailing with young kids. And that is so cool. And you know what's so fun about life? And I think of the Taylor Swift song, Invisible String, because it's such a great connector song about all the ways we connect with the the balloon and the string in the world. And I've told you this before, but my daughters actually, sometimes I will see them on Instagram looking at you talking about self-worth and I'm just like, yes, it's so cool. <laughs> Well, that makes me happy too, that I am sharing with even younger ones too, not just moms. Absolutely. These teens need it. And you know what? Des is very talented with makeup. We didn't even get into it, but she is just amazing. And so I have no business giving a tutorial on that, but I'm so grateful for you. Well, thank you. (laughs) Yes, because my girls will do my makeup after watching you. So yeah, it just keeps on going in the circle of life. Yeah. Definitely another one that um, has definitely fallen off my my <laughs> wagon of just things I love doing. So it makes me happy that whenever I share it, I'm sharing it with other people. It's it's affecting other people too, not just me. Exactly. So where can everybody find you now? Their curiosity is piqued with these great <laughs> tips for parents and your new passion with that, but also this, yeah, all of this. Where can they find you? Yeah. So, uh, my main account is at Des Schnell on Instagram, and that is where I will just share all of the mom content. I have beauty stuff over there. Um, and I just real, I share my life and I definitely tap into the Enneagram here and there. Cause it, I just, I love it so much. And then I also through on that page as well, you can go to the bio and you can go see my online boutique as well. That has sizes small through five X. So Oh, that's amazing. And that is something you started us with. And I love that we're finishing there that we just want to remind that every single person has value and beauty and love and you don't need makeup or fun clothes, but sometimes those things can give us lift off and we want them to be available to everybody. And thank you for just bringing that beauty and truth to the world does. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing the same, honestly. (laughs) Aw, thank you. Yeah. We have different spheres and we're, we're hitting everybody. We hope so. I will share your lovely account in the show notes and you have an awesome day. Thank you so much. And thank you to Tommy too. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Okay. Wasn't that so cool to hear how a three can become more hopeful and more serene in the presence of a five and how a five can feel so safe in the presence of a three? It is a beautiful gift to be able to work with one another's gifts and types, and it doesn't always work perfectly, but it's really nice when you can make changes together. And especially just, I loved hearing how Des made a lot of changes in her own life and that that made her family and marriage healthier. So don't think that you too can't make beautiful changes in your life. If you want to watch Des and her awesome tutorials or visit her boutique for any size, I love that. That's awesome. And I really hope that you guys continue to learn about your marriage and your beautiful glows out there in the world together as well. If you love this podcast, make sure you share it with others. 
make sure you leave a five-star review at Apple if you haven't done so. Keep following us on Instagram, and I'm so excited for future products coming out, but I too am balancing and titrating in the meantime, so those will be up soon, and in the meantime, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.